Welcome to the Work Minus Podcast. We talk about what we need to drop from the way we think about work and what we need to replace it with to be prepared for the future. Go to workminus.com to see a transcript of this episode, more podcasts, articles, and a newsletter that connects you to the best ideas about work. All right, enjoy the show. Well, welcome back to Work Minus, where we talk about how to build a company that can thrive in the future of work. Today, our guest is Claire Liu. She's back on the show. She's the CEO of Know Your Team. This episode is Work Minus Remote Panic. Hi, Claire. How are you doing today? Hey, Neil. Doing really well. How about yourself? I'm doing great. It's so exciting to have you back on the show. You are, in my mind, my favorite management expert. I love the stuff you put out. You you put out a lot of really interesting things, and uh, I feel like lead your community well. So thanks a lot for coming back on our show. You bet. No, that's, that's really kind of you. And I should also, uh, it's funny when you ask, how are you doing? My automatic response just, I noticed was well. And then I realized, you know what? I am, but I just feel really grateful given that that is the case during these times. And a lot of people are really struggling. And so it was a funny thing to say, wow, that question, I think the answer to that has changed for a lot of people. It's true. And, and that's one of the things I like that you write about too. It's not just starting with, hey, how's everyone doing? Fine. Okay, great. And then moving on, right? That's I like that piece of your advice you give. Thank you. So Claire, you, like I said, you have a large community of people who are talking about these topics, wanting to know things. So I want to hear from you. Management, helping people be better managers, bosses, leaders is kind of your core area. But remote is also a core expertise for you. You're running a remote company. You have a lot of experience in this. So over this last month that we've been involved in this crisis, what are the the areas you feel like people are struggling with the most? Where are they reaching out to you for help in the last month? Sure. Yeah. It's it's really interesting uh, with the pandemic, Neil, in that all of a sudden people were just forced into something, right? And, you know, folks who'd never worked remote before sort of were planning on it or be kind of doing it, all of a sudden had to go all in on something. And I think any time that happens where you just rapidly have to switch your entire context for how your entire company works, right? And it doesn't matter if you are a three-person team or 3,000 people. I mean, that's hard. And so folks are really, you know, really trying to figure out that transition. And so I think one of actually the biggest uh, sort of misnomers or the things that people run into is they sort of expected the transition to be very quick, right? So, okay, we'll just jump on Zoom and we'll make sure everyone's on Slack and now we're remote. Right. And the the reality is that to actually run a remote team well, it's like any other kind of work process or context or system, which is it takes a little bit of time. So that's one of the first things I always tell folks is don't expect sort of that in a week, everyone's going to get the hang of it, is that it's actually pretty, pretty different if it's something that you're not used to or something that your entire team isn't used to. Then the second thing that, that folks often run into is they go, well, yeah, the biggest problem I'm having right now is how do you even communicate in a remote team? You know, do you have, do you just sort of take all your meetings that you used to have and put them on Zoom? Or do you you take all the uh, sort of back and forth that you used to have with folks and it's now just all emails and Slack messages or, or whatnot? And what at the end of the day enables remote work to be effective is less so the tools that you're using and more so the actual management practices. And in fact, that insight is not my own original insight by any means. There's an incredible woman 
um, by the name of uh, Dame Stephanie um, Shirley. And she, back in the 1960s, founded one of the very first remote um, IT companies in, in England. And it became massively successful. And at the time, and if you can men- remember, I mean, <laughs> 1960s, right? They're right. remote companies. I, I don't remember. This is, well, I mean, here's <laughs> the thing, right? I mean, I wouldn't either, right? But they... This is a time before email was invented, right? Uh, so how did they run a remote company? And she said, telephone, right? And she is really keen on emphasizing that remote work has very little to do with the tools itself. It has everything to do with actually having good management practices. So that brings us back to what folks are really struggling with, which is right now, if you have outdated management practices in the sense that you haven't figured out a good system for sharing context in your team, you haven't figured out a good system for building trust, you haven't figured out a really good system for having honest conversations and one-on-one meetings, and you're going to really struggle and particularly struggle when it comes to remote, um, remote work. And it's almost as though the things that you were having a hard time doing in person are almost exacerbated Mm. when you're remote. And so that's another thing that's been really interesting. More specifically, Neil, the things that folks have been struggling with the most, I would say number one is just the fact that you have to write a lot more, and particularly writing asynchronously. So the the remote companies that are most effective are the ones that are their leaders in particular are really focused, not just on pinging people all the time and saying, hey, What's the status on this? Or, hey, we should do this. But being very thoughtful in their long-form written communication. And, you know, you can use a tool like, for example, here at Know Your Team, we use Basecamp to do this. Um, but other folks will use tools like Notion or Asana or Trello, et cetera. But that's that's one key thing. And, and here's the thing. That's based off a bunch of research that we did last year with hundreds and hundreds of remote managers and employees in terms of what really helped make them successful. Um, the second, I would say, biggest thing, and this is, I would say, the probably the uh, sort of once you've figured out, okay, here's how we just like get work somewhat done in any ways, right? Figuring out some sort of system for communication is the social piece, right? So that's probably the biggest noticeable difference for folks who are going remote. And I would say in terms of frequency of questions I get right now, one of the most common questions that I get is, how do I help my folks have positive morale right now? How do I help them feel connected to the team while we're all socially isolated? How do we do that? So happy to go into more detail about any of those things, Neil, but those are sort of the biggest things I've been hearing. Yeah, no, I love how you framed it. I agree that remote work, I think, really exposes what your workplace was before. When you take away all the physical contact, when you take away all the things you were relying on, if you had bad management practices, they're going to look a lot worse. If you had good management practices, it'll still take some time to transition, but I feel like it won't be as tough. Are you seeing the same thing? Yes, I am. I will still say that I think it is difficult for even the folks who are having good management practices. The the transition will be easier, but it is different. And I, again, I, I really emphasize this because I think if we as leaders, and if you don't really also sort of level set with your team, that the transition is going to take a little bit more time and be a little bit more rocky, then, then you set folks up to get frustrated. Right. And, you know, essentially, uh, 
um, the expectations that you set as a leader are really important for for what folks actually are going to be feeling on the other side. So yeah, we it, it, we did this, and I yeah, I may have shared a little bit about this, but we last year, Neil, we did this really big um, sort of study with hundreds and hundreds of remote managers and employees, and I spent the better part about a half a year writing and researching about eleven chapters specifically on remote work. So and then. In uh, March, when all of this craziness with COVID-19 happened, we actually opened it up for free. So if folks are interested in diving into any of that research, that's a great place to, to start. We had hundreds of thousands of people download it and read it and share it. And it's been, I mean, and, and I think that alone shows you, right, just how, how hungry and how much, ne- how needed information on this topic is. Yeah, I love the resource. I've downloaded it, read it many times. Oh, excellent. Yeah, used it in my own writing as we're thinking about these topics. So I've referenced you several times in there. So it's really a fantastic piece out there. So thank you for spending that time. I know that doesn't just happen overnight. So I know it's a lot of research, a lot of work to get that out. Oh, thank you. appreciate that. Hey, everyone. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, the best way you can support us is to leave a review in your favorite podcast app. Or better yet, start a conversation with a friend about how you think we can make work better. Thanks. Let's talk about this this timeline issue again. In my experience talking to people I know, I feel like the first few days of the reaction to the pandemic, everyone was kind of like freaking out. Okay, what do we do? We don't know how to do this. And then there were just like day-long Zoom calls that were going on. Right. Then after maybe a week or so, it kind of settled in and people realized, wait a second, this is not so bad. Like we can, we can get used to this. We don't have to meet all day, every day. And there was almost like this little bit of like, you're almost on vacation from the office and a, a little bit of hype around that. But then now, I mean, we're about for some people, four or five, six weeks into this. And mm-hmm. now it's really set in like, oh, this is, this is different. This is harder. How do you help people navigate those ups and downs of that remote work feel of, of trying to figure out, because when you're in remote work, you, you solve one problem, but another one comes up and there's a lot of work on the leadership side, on the management side of, of setting up those systems so that these things don't become problems down the road. So how do you help people do that? Absolutely. That's, yeah, it's such a great question, Neil. And I think there's several layers here, right? And, and if I just sort of paraphrase what you seem to be asking is just what is the best way to support remote, uh, your remote team members as you, they, and you go through these ebbs and flows, especially in the midst of working in a pandemic. And I think first and foremost, one of the things that is hard to do as a manager, but is so crucial. And this is regardless of whether you're in person or remote is making it extremely clear to folks, here's what needs to actually get done and why, right? So when we're working in a team, the whole purpose is because we're trying to accomplish something that we alone wouldn't be able to accomplish. And the role that we play as managers is first and foremost, how clear are we making that for people? And so in a remote environment, this becomes even more critical, right? So for example, have you answered the question, what does a picture of success look like? How will you know you will have been successful? How will you know something is good enough? What is the expectation to respond to messages back and forth? What's the expectation around how often progress will be shared? What are the milestones that are expected to be hit in order to get to that place? What do they anticipate the biggest sort of hiccups are going to be, right? 
I could go on and on and on, right, about different questions that you can ask folks for yourself and for your team member to make that clear. But the, I think one of the things that that gets lost is it may be clear to you as a manager, right? But your your role as a manager is to be constantly clarifying what it is that is most important and where people should be spending their time. So that's that's one. The second thing is as a manager, especially remote, you have to become almost militant about trying to figure out what is actually hurting folks and holding folks back. And this is also harder to do in a remote environment. So part of your job is being a manager, and again, this is irregardless of if you're in-person or remote, is trying to figure out, well, how can I actually help this person accomplish the thing that I said very clearly that needs to get done? And in order to do that, you have to figure out, well, what's holding them back? What's getting in the way? Where are they stuck? What do they not have enough information on? What do they not have enough skill on? What is it, right? And so this is where having regular one-on-one meetings is crucial and structuring and preparing for these meetings in a way that's actually going to help you get the most out of them. So it's why with Know Your Team, for example, we built a one-on-ones tool that helps you ask these questions, prepare for them. We give you hundreds of agenda questions and templates. And this is probably your most popular feature <laughs> in the tool. Meal, and it's what I use like almost almost every single day. Yeah, Just one example of, and you don't have to use our tool, right? You could use anything, but the whole idea is, are you creating a system of regular checkpoints one-on-one where you can have a conversation to be able to uncover what is it really that is getting in the way? And that's that's a second big piece. The third big piece that's massively important as you think about supporting and creating a, a strong environment for for your um, team as a remote is trying to find ways for your team to be able to support each other. So what ways and opportunities are you creating for your team to feel connected, to laugh, to smile, to just actually enjoy getting to be around folks when you're not even in person. And there's some really fascinating research that's been done. Uh, Buffer actually put out a 2020 state of remote work report where they interviewed or rather surveyed, I think it was over 35,000 remote workers. And they found that the number one uh, problem and struggle that remote managers and employees faced was loneliness. So feeling socially isolated. And uh, so you pair that with the fact that there's there's a study that was done, um, I forget what year, it was sometime in the past five years, but it was done with about 15,000 call center employees. And they found that 15 minutes of socialization with folks actually increased performance by 20%. And so if you pair those two sort of things, which is that loneliness is, is a, a huge you know, problem for, for folks who are working remote, that it's the number one thing that remote workers wish they had, you know, sort of were able to overcome, um, it's contributing to potential attrition. And then you have the fact that the upside is that having a little bit of socialization and connection actually helps to increase performance. As a manager, you have this incredible opportunity to try to figure out, well, how do I do that in my team? And lots of different ways, right? So any, everything from, I mean, this is stuff I'm sure you're doing within your own team, from having a non-work chat channel, right? Whether it's a Slack channel about 
everybody's pets. It could be Zoom calls where you have coffee and book clubs and play video games or whatever you want to, you know, sort of do that's fun and, and fits with the culture of your team. And then there are things that other remote teams do, like creating a buddy system or really uh, investing in the onboarding process for folks or icebreaker questions. And I know your team, I mean, this is why we have, we have a feature called our icebreakers feature and our social questions feature that are all about building social connection. So, so that's a third, third piece that I think, um, I think is absolutely crucial for creating a, a strong environment for remote employees. And then the last thing I would say is to actually make sure that you're taking care of yourself as a manager. And I think this is something that's often overlooked, especially during this time, which is that you usually as a manager, you're in that position because you like helping others. And so you give and you give and you give, and sometimes you forget to take care of yourself. And it sounds, I don't know, it sounds a little cliche, I suppose, but I know for so many managers, and this is, you know, I get a ton of emails about this. It's, oh, I'm feeling not as motivated. I'm feeling depleted. I'm feeling more than thin, especially for folks who are caretakers. They've got kids, they've got parents living with them, et cetera. And so taking a moment to realize that you can only be as good in terms of helping others um, uh, uh, to the extent that you are nourished and energized yourself. And so finding that time in the day for yourself, whether that's literally 10 minutes in the, in the morning or, you know, doing a 20 minute workout or jumping jacks or whatever, whatever, going for a walk, right? Whatever it is for folks, but, but making sure to take care of yourself too. Yeah. And I think the, the, your fourth and third points really play into each other, especially because at the start, you said it's not about necessarily, you need to be the one that's supporting everyone on your team. The team can support Mm -hmm. each other. I think a lot of people as managers may feel like, oh, I got to be the one calling up everybody every day, having these conversations. And that does drain you. Yes. Yeah. Losing that kind of the world's stuck on your shoulders, right? Precisely. Yep. I feel like another thing you said when you were talking about um, being militant about systems setting up, there's something to me in my experience working remote that as I'm interacting with people on my team, taking away the office environment helps me to focus on the fact of like the the person is not the problem 90% of the time. It's the system that's the problem. And I feel like remote work exposes that and helps me as a manager to focus on, okay, if this person's not getting work done, if, if there's a problem, there's probably something in the way that focuses there. Have you found the same thing? I think it's extremely astute of you, Neil, to, oh, wow. to see that. <laughs> no, truly, because I think... The the way systems operate, right, is that they are they are almost invisible carriers of our actions, and so the fact that we can see them is, I mean, I always find it revelatory. I always find it surprising to folks, and I think it's always hardest to see when you're in it. So I, I mean, I'm encouraged by the fact that you you think that's true. I don't know if broadly speaking, but that's something that that folks pick up. It would be great if if that was the case. But I do think at the end of the day, um, I, I think here. I mean, here's one one sort of common reaction. Actually, sometimes is folks sometimes have the opposite hmm. insight that you do, which is, oh. I'm seeing a lot, you know, now that we're working remotely, I'm seeing all these things that are broken. So the fault is 
um, that just remote work doesn't work, period. So it's not our systems or the way that we're doing things. It's just the fact that you can't run teams not being in person, right? So people kind of have, um, you know, another way of, of and lens of, of looking at it, which I think, you know, I think it always reveals that our tendency as people, whether or not we're managers or not, but our tendency as people is to figure out a convenient story to explain whatever is in front of us. And so it's much more convenient to say that there's this thing called remote work that we just can't really control that is the problem versus looking at, ooh, I might be the problem. It's because I'm not holding regular one-on-ones. It's because I haven't created a strong system of accountability. It's because I haven't found a way to clearly share progress. It's because I haven't done a good job sharing expectations. Th- that's a harder thing to to admit than just to point and say, oh, you know what? It's remote work, right? And and again, this isn't to disregard the fact that moving and transitioning to remote work is challenging. I mean, it's what I was, you know, began everything off with is don't expect this to be a two-week thing. You know, it's going to take months, months to really feel like you are, are transitioning into it well. But I think a, the unfortunate uh, result would be to, while you're experiencing some of these struggles, is to blame the remote work itself versus using it as an opportunity to put a magnifying glass up to, well, what are the systems that we could be improving internally better? Well, wow, this has really got me thinking a lot of great things. I feel like this the theme of the show should just be like, you know, remote work exposes lots of things, or at least gives you a new view on the work you've been doing, on the team, on your own leadership style. Obviously, things are different in remote work, but it, it does also reveal some core things that are good about what you've been doing, how you can replicate those in a digital environment, but also ways that you can improve. So let's hope we we can be self-reflective during this time and find those those new ways to move forward. Uh, Claire, it's been great to speak with you and have your insights on this. You mentioned several resources and tools. Where can people go to find all those? Yeah, absolutely. So if uh, folks want to go to knowyourteam.com, we have uh, something in the nav that uh, says remote managers. And so if you click on that, you'll see all of our resources for remote managers. So everything from all of the tools that I mentioned. So we have tools for social connection, for one-on-ones, et cetera, for remote managers. And you can uh, view the guide that you talked about, Neil, uh, and that thousands of other folks have read and downloaded, which is completely for free. And then the other thing that we offer that we opened up for free is I recorded a 60-minute deep dive online workshop on how to manage remote teams. And there's a pretty good Q&A section in there. And we had hundreds of folks from all over the world tune into that. And so you can also view that session too. But yeah, you just head to knowyourteam.com. Well, great. Like you said, it's, it, this is going to be a, a long, long walk towards remote work. It's not something we can just learn and, and move forward. So we look forward to continuing to learn from you and the things you're learning and, and share those with others. And thanks a lot for being on the show, Claire. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Neil. A real pleasure to get to chat with you. 